When I listen to Audible, I'm not riding the L train during rush hour. I'm hunting whales with the crew of the Pequod. I can feel the cold air in my face and the icy spray of the Atlantic crashing against the bow. The smell of rotting blubber fills my nostrils. There she blows, boys! Get ahead! It's the white whale! This is my stop. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Go to audible.com slash start trial and your first download is free. Audible. Stories that surround you. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, folks. It's Chris Daly from Jamaicans.com. And it's my host, my pleasure to have another great conversation with a Jamaican making a huge difference. It's our privilege to have Miss Betty Ann Blaine, who is often a great and adventurous journey in the political world. Betty Ann graduated from the Columbia University with an MA in history, a BA from Hunter College, and an associate from Medgar Ellis Evers College. She has served Jamaica for over 30 years as an academic a development specialist, a dedicated advocate and activist for Jamaican children and their families. She has worked in both the print and electronic media to inform, educate, and engage in national dialogue and issues and concerns to its citizens. The goal is to encourage pride and provide alternative and enhanced self-esteem among Jamaicans of all ages on the island and in the diaspora. Betty's latest project is the creation of the New Nation Coalition, otherwise known as NNC. This is a nationalistic political movement founded by and grounded in Christianity and the values practiced and proven by generations of Jamaicans. It's my pleasure to introduce also my co-host, Janice Maxwell, who will conduct our interview this evening. As you know, Janice is a social entrepreneur driving Jamaica's diaspora website and also the multimedia empire of Jamaica, of Caribbean TV world. Janice, take it away. Oh, thank you, Chris. Hi, Betty Ann. How are you? Good, Janice. I'm fine. And how are you? I'm doing real well. And um, we really appreciate you spending some time with us this evening. As you know, thank you. Yeah. Or historically, Jamaica's political structure has given either the PNP or the JLP leadership. Thirty third parties have not fared well in any cases and have caused a split in the votes, which often led to the nation's um, spiral economic decline. How do you? Why? Do you feel that your third party, the NNC, will succeed in the upcoming Jamaican election? Well, let me just first of all take the opportunity to just say to Jamaicans and others listening that um, it is a pleasure to be speaking to you and that we want to tell Jamaicans, especially Jamaicans in the diaspora, that there is hope for this country because I know a lot of people have become disillusioned um, some people feel hopeless about Jamaica, but we want to say to Jamaicans that New Nation Coalition is bringing new hope and new vitality and a new level, a new type of politics, politics of integrity, politics with clean hands, 
and we're inviting everybody to come on board. Now, to answer your question specifically, Janice, about third parties not succeeding, there's a reason for that. The reason for that within the Jamaican context is that the two main political parties have um, held what I describe as a kind of structural stranglehold on the political um, uh, culture of Jamaica, the political machinery of Jamaica. And specifically, um, the two main parties have, in my estimation, used the power of money and the influence of violence the, to, to, to win elections and to stay in power. That's been one of the main things, and that's what we're fighting against. In other words, we know that we've had a tradition of political parties buying people's votes, actually giving people cash um, to vote for their parties. Um, when, uh, when these two main parties have their conferences, um, people are paid to attend conferences uh, at election time. You know, our politicians, they fix roads in communities. They, it's a pork barrel politics as usual. The other thing that uh, the two main parties have used is, is, the, is violence. I mean, we know that there are two gangs aligned to the two main parties. And what they've done over decades is they've used intimidation. They, um, they, uh, they sometimes dispossess people um, from their homes and from their communities. I don't know if you know that, um, if you've heard about One Order. Well, One Order is about ensuring that the community votes either GLP or PNP. And if you're not a supporter, then sometimes you're burnt out or you're chased out of the community. So when you look at that kind of history and that kind of culture, it has not been easy for third parties to overcome that. Let me give you another example. How, can a third, how could a third party compete with uh, the kind of campaign donation that the PNP received from Trafigura Behair from a, a, a company, an overseas company, doing business with the government, with the ruling governing party? How does a third party compete with that? Um, so these are some, this is what I describe as the kind of structural stranglehold that these two parties have had. However, the good news is that a lot of that is changing. And one of the things that New Nation is doing is that we are working very closely with the Electoral Commission of the Jamaica, the ECJ, to try to level the playing field. And we believe that we can do this if the ECJ is serious, if Jamaicans are serious about democracy, then we can change the culture and we can level the playing field. Let me just tell you that we are working with the ECJ to look at issues that have to do with campaign financing, for example. We are saying that uh, a cap, a ceiling, must be put on the amount of money that political parties spend on campaigns. Uh, we ought to know who the people are who are dona donating to political campaigns. There should be full disclosure. There should be a cap or ceiling on how much money is spent um, on political advertising. Um, and there are many other there are many other proposals that are being discussed right now in Jamaica. If we can uh, if we can introduce these types of reforms, then 
third parties can do very, very well in Jamaica. And the last thing I want to say is that in the 30 years since I've been home, I've never seen a time, an atmosphere, a climate, where Jamaicans are fed up with the two main political parties. And recently, a poll was run by one of the main television stations in Jamaica, CVM. This was only about three weeks ago. And the question was asked, if an election is, was called now, who would you vote for? 42% of Jamaicans said they would vote for neither the PNP or the JLP. They wouldn't vote for either of them. 15% said they would vote, I'm sorry, 25% said they would vote for the PNP. 15% said they would vote for the JLP. And we're just three months old. We've just launched, essentially. 7%, we polled almost half of what the JLP polled for a new party that's only three months old. Well, that tells us that Jamaicans want change, and we're prepared to talk about change. Oh, well, that's good to know. You've included Christianity as one of your principles in the NNC party. Do you risk alienating Rastas, Jews, and Hindu Jamaicans? After all, many Jamaicans would prefer to have church and state separate. Tell us how you would be inclusive of non-Christians. Well, first of all, let me just say this, that our we make it very clear that our brand is Christianity, and our product is open to every Jamaican. In fact, one of, the, one of the founders of New Nation is a Rastafarian. So we are just telling people who we are. We are not baptizing anybody into Christianity when they join New Nation. We are just telling people what our brand is. It's the same way that Mercedes-Benz doesn't sell Toyota vehicles. Everybody has a brand. And our brand is Christianity, but our product it's open to every single Jamaican. We don't have separation of church. We are not constrained by the separation of church and state. Jamaica is a Christian country. Uh, most Jamaicans are Christians. And our constitution provides for religious freedom, which we have always provided in this country. We have always provided that. So we have no problems at all in declaring who we are. And Jamaicans have no problems in supporting uh, our position. Okay. Um, you've been courting the Jamaicans in UK, England. What incentives would you provide to other overseas Jamaican groups to become involved with Jamaican politics? After all, they're not allowed to vote in Jamaican elections. Well, that is, um, that is a position that we feel very passionately about, and that is that Jamaicans in the diaspora should have the right to vote. And I want to say on this program right now that we are going to begin to work with the diaspora, not just the ones in the U.K., across the globe, and there are Jamaicans everywhere. Um, we want to work with every Jamaican to ask you to lend your voices to absentee voting. We think that if we are being supported to a large degree um, by, the financial, by uh, the financial support you provide, by the remittances that come to this country from Jamaicans all over the world, that you should have a voice in the political life of our country. 
And so New Nation Coalition is in support of Jamaicans in the diaspora being given the right to vote. And I want to just say that when we become government, and we intend to be the next government, the government of 20, in 2012, we are going to work on making sure that Jamaicans have the right to vote. This is something that we intend to begin lobbying for right now. And again, we want to call Jamaicans from all over the globe to join your, voice, join your voices along with ours to call for the right to vote. But in addition, New Nation Coalition, long before, long before I launched this, and I lived abroad for many, many years, so I used to be described as a Jamaican living in the diaspora. And for decades now, I have been in support of Jamaicans, not just only voting, but for Jamaicans to take a more active role in what is happening in our country. I believe that Jamaicans in the diaspora, Jamaicans in the United States, can form themselves into a powerful, very powerful lobby group in the United States that can influence, not just talking about Jamaica politics now, but influence U.S. relations toward Jamaica, foreign policy. I think we have a good opportunity to do that. For example, the guns that are coming into Jamaica, most of them come in from the United States. I believe that Jamaicans in the United States could uh, band together to form a powerful lobby that could uh, encourage the United States government to look at um, how we could deal with guns coming into Jamaica from the source, from the United States. And I think that kind of uh, support and collaboration, that kind of uh, partnership um, between Jamaicans there and Jamaicans here would be would be really bene beneficial to our country. Okay, I see. But um, the country of Estonia and Costa Rica, they've had their elections done online. And um, what is your opinion? Um, what is your opinion about that, and is that a viable option for Jamaica? Well, again, we support um, fully the idea of absentee voting. Okay, so but if it's absentee, we would want voting. to look. We well, what we would um, the, what options? I mean, because um, when someone says absentee, you're voting, talking the mechanism. You could to be do. mailing. You could a lot of people do that mailing, sure. or they vote sure. before they leave. But I'm sure, saying, sure. Online, say, okay, right. we're going to open it up between um, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central Time. Boom, vote online. Because well, Estonia, we yeah. which is, right. we, if you look at the size of Estonia, and sure, you juxtapose sure. that to the size of Costa Rica, we're, not, we're talking sure. about um, the, the land space and, 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 and the population. And if you compare sure. that with Jamaica, why isn't online voting a viable option if you're talking about um, well, we don't have a problem with that. And voting. Mm -hmm. Well, let me just say this: we are definitely in the age of technology, and we know it. Know it. And it's already and we would done. want to look at. We, well, this is it. We would want to examine any method that can work that will allow Jamaicans in the diaspora to vote. Now, we have to be very careful. Because we we have to we have to make sure that there whatever security measures must be put in place so there's no fraud, there are no problems. But this is not rocket science. 
if other countries are doing it, why can't we? And why can't we put in the necessary precautions so that there's no fraud involved? I mean, I've heard the argument that if we were to do this, there might be fraud and people are going to do things that are untoward and people are going to find a way to engage in bogus voting. I've heard all of that. But if other countries are doing it, which is the point you're making, why can't we? I'm just here to tell you that New Nation Coalition would want to look at all the methods. What are those things that can work? People can go into the consulates to vote. We have consulates all over the world. We may certainly want to look at online voting. We're not ruling out anything. The important thing is to make sure that there is no fraud involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where do you stand on having the Jamaican Constitution revised? Well, we are. there are certain constitutional changes that we are talking about already. For example, uh, we, we, right now we are having problems, as you know, with corruption. Um, we they did the recent issue of uh, and every Jamaican I imagine by now by now would hear about it with the governing party the JLP and Prime Minister Bruce Golding with Manus Phelps Phillips the Dudusgate issue other issues of corruption one of the problems that we have in Jamaica is that if we if we uh, if we know that a public official or Prime Minister for example has in any way defrauded the country, breached the public trust, whatever. We mm-hmm. have no way of punishing that person. We have no mm-hmm. way of punishing that person. Mm-hmm. So, for example, some of the one of the constitutional changes we would want to see is the power of impeachment. That if the prime minister breaches the public trust in this kind of way, then we should be able to move for impeachment. Now, in other countries like the United States, I know California and other states have what they call the right to recall, which says that if um, a congressman, congressperson, congress, member of Congress, um, in any way, again, breaches the public trust, that you can recall them. In other words, they can step down even in midterm. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, again, that's the kind of constitutional change we want to see. We'd want to see term limits, for example, that a prime minister doesn't, wouldn't, doesn't serve more than two terms in office. Amen. He would want, yeah, for example, we would want to see a, a constitutional change that says a member of parliament ought to live in their constituency. So there are some very critical constitutional changes that I know the Jamaican people support, both here and in the diaspora that we would want to pursue. Okay, how do you feel about dual citizenship? If I decide that I, okay, let's, um, let's say I came here when I was six years old and I don't have that much of a connection with Jamaica except from I choose to, I'm born there and I choose to connect with Jamaica. Um, I visit family or my, or my parents. They make sure that I'm connected during my formative years that I understand my um, my culture. But if I'm born in Jamaican, came here, or not just me, but any said Jamaican child is born there and they come because they leave Jamaica and they choose to, to stay connected to Jamaica, um, but they because they've acculturated or assimilated to, an, uh, say, an American, um, and they became American citizens, 
um, would you have something in the Constitution say, okay, you're born here, you're allowed to keep a dual citizenship, which makes you um, qualified to vote in the election? No, well, you're qualified to vote. The problem is that you can't sit in. The issue is whether or not you can sit in Parliament. That's the issue, you know. You can vote. Certainly, you can vote as a Jamaican citizen. If you have a dual citizenship. You know, we allow for dual citizenship. Oh, oh, certainly. We allow for dual citizenship. In other words, you can be both an American citizen and a Jamaican citizen. That is accepted. You can vote. There's no problem there. The problem is whether or not you can sit in Parliament if you're a dual citizen, if you, if you hold dual citizenship. And let me tell you what the, the problem is really. The problem is that to sit in our Parliament, the Constitution says that you cannot swear have sworn allegiance to another power, eh? a foreign power. It's a little problematic because, for example, if you have sworn allegiance to um, the United States government, and you know when you become a citizen, you swear allegiance. Mm -hmm. I wish I had the actual document because you actually swear that you are not, you can't be a citizen. In other words, you swear allegiance to that power and that power only, meaning the United States. If you, for example, if you um, sat in our parliament um, and you, you, you hold Jamaican citizenship, but you also have sworn allegiance to the United States government, the problem is how do you serve the two powers. How do you serve the Jamaican government and the American government at the same time? Let me give you a practical example. If you say you um, are a Jamaican citizen, but you also hold American citizenship, you come back home, you sit in our parliament, which is the case with some of the, the MPs now. What if you were called, if you're drafted, um, to fight a war in the United States, but you're sitting in our parliament, what would you do? Well, there's no more draft, and it's a certain age anyway. No, but I'm just saying, if you're a young, no, but if you're a young parliamentarian who could be drafted in the United States. But there is no draft in the U.S. No, 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 but there might be. They have been in the past. That's the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, that the problem, one of the problems we have is um, that you, 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 having sworn allegiance to a foreign power, how do you then swear allegiance to the Jamaican government? Okay. So this is the issue that has caused the problem with dual citizens. So our constitution says that you cannot, if you're going to sit in the parliament, you cannot swear, have sworn allegiance to another power. Okay, but you... I will ask that question, the question, can you serve two masters? Okay. And this but is something that has to be... It's, I suspect there's going to be a lot of debate about that. No. If okay, you were you... born... If you were... If you, you know, remember that Mr. Siago was born in America. I don't yeah, know if make but... us remember that. Edward Siago was born in the United States. However, he gave up... Uh, well, there is a difference between... Um, inheriting your citizenship and having renewed your passport to say that you are, you know, you, in other words, you've sworn allegiance to, 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 to America, for, for yeah. example. So there is a difference, you see. And this mm -hmm. is what is causing the problem now in the court. Okay, but if you, um, 
you said that you would be interested in a constitution re- being revised. I'm sure there right. could be some kind of creative wording to allow for such um, a clause that allows for someone to, if they decided. The problem here is that Jamaica's best and brightest is leaving the brain drain because there's not an economic opportunity for them to make life there. So if the best and the brightest is leaving, what, and you have an opportunity to bring back the best and the brightest, what kind of incentive are you going to give them to say, hey, we want you to come back, um, serve in the government for a few, for this term, the four years or the five years, and you give me your talent to help Jamaica get back on its feet. That could be an incentive. But if you're going to say, look, uh, you're going to have to uh, do this, do that. I mean, I'm sure you could create some kind of something in, in the revision to, 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 to lure back the best and the brightest back to the island. Well, a lot of Jamaicans are prepared to come home. Many Jamaicans don't have U.S. citizenships. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Jamaicans, I'm just making the point, a lot of Jamaicans are prepared, to, I know, to come home and to work for their country. Um, uh, and some people are prepared to give up their citizenships to do that. I'm aware of that. However, I think that as we move forward on this issue, I think there is room for discussion. I think there is room for ideas to be placed on the table. I think that these I, again, I think that there can be compromise, and I think uh, we would invite we would invite Jamaicans in the diaspora to put forward their opinions and their ideas. Now, the United States, for example, says that if you want to be president, you would have had to be born in the United States if you want to be president of America. So that our Constitution says that if you want to represent. Uh, uh, the country in Parliament, you cannot have sworn allegiance to another power. Now, it raises some interesting questions. If you are both a Jamaican citizen and American citizen, and you're going to vote at the United Nations, who are you going to, whose side are you going to vote on? I guess who you're representing at a particular time. If you're there. But, that's the, but, but, you, but there is a pro. You see, there are some there. So I'm just saying it's not as simplistic, perhaps, as um, some people may think, and it is going to be, I suspect that it may, we may have to take it to the Jamaican people in a referendum for Jamaicans to decide um, perhaps how they want to vote on this, how do they see this. However, I believe, and I'm supporting some of what you're saying, that there are a lot of Jamaicans who love the country, went abroad, have become U.S. citizens, want to hold on to their citizenship, but at the same time, they'd like to come home and serve because they're also Jamaican citizens. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that we should leave the door open for discussions yes. as we move forward. Mm-hmm. If, if you become prime minister, how will the NCC help Jamaicans to become entrepreneurs? Well, we're big on that because, you know, I don't know if you know that that period that we call the um, FinSAC period, um, the period of the financial meltdown in the in the 90s, where <laughs> close to 30,000 Jamaican um, small business people, entrepreneurs, were decimated. Um, many of them, many of them went out of business. Um, we we believe that one of the ways to rebuild our country is to 
support our sm- the small business sector as much as possible, and we're going to put a lot of effort into that. Um, Jamaicans are natural entrepreneurs. I see it everywhere I go. And um, the fact that we've been able to survive despite the economic uh, downturn and the serious problems we have in, with poverty and so on really speaks to the entrepreneurial spirit of, of, of Jamaica and of the people of Jamaica. So we, w- we would want to, for example, continue to provide, find a way to provide small loans to, to, to the small business sector. We want to look at agriculture is going to be big on our agenda. Um, uh, we, 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 we want to move to our organic agriculture. That's one of the platforms of New Nation Coalition. And, and organic agriculture fetches the highest price on the world market and provides a lot of jobs a lot of opportunities for small business persons. Um, we look the, the 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 that this is going to be the engine of growth, the the for Jamaica for, to provide employment. And we one of the things we want to do is to provide lower lending rates to small business people. That's a big problem in Jamaica. That's not happening now, and small businesses are dying. Business people, small business people are dying. So we want to revive it. Um, they have these small business people have good ideas, but they don't have the capital. And that's one of the things that we are going to focus on: providing capital and and lowering the lending rate, so that small business people can uh, can uh, we can. All- to learn more about Chris Daly and his blog, visit Jamaicans.com, Me Thinking Are You. To learn more about Jamaican Diaspora, visit JamaicanDiaspora.com. Betty Ann, we really enjoy this conversation. And we'll see you um, on the winning side. Bye now. Thank you very much. Thank you for that. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you too, Chris. Thank you. A Napa guy knows nothing beats the versatility of a 90s-era hatchback. You want trunk space? The whole thing is trunk space, giving you the ability to haul canoe-sized payloads with little more than a trusty old bungee cord holding down the hatch. And with over 400,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your small utility vehicle running longer, stronger. Because it's not quirky, it's ahead of its time. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. When I listen to Audible, I'm not riding the L train during rush hour. I'm hunting whales with the crew of the Pequod. I can feel the cold air in my face and the icy spray of the Atlantic crashing against the bow. The smell of rotting blubber fills my nostrils. There she blows, boys! Get ahead! It's the white whale! <gasps> this is my stop. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. Go to audible.com slash start trial and your first download is free. Audible. Stories that surround you.